How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. You are locked on Lakers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Lakers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On Lakers podcast. I am Anthony Irwin. I am joined by Harrison Fagan. Uh, if I don't know if I hope nobody can hear it there in the background, but the weather outside is is frightful. frightful. It is frightful. <laughs> you saw where we were going with that. Yeah, um, the, the this podcast is going to be delightful, though. <laughs> Anywho. The weather, what I was going to say, is kind of mirroring what's going on in, in Lakerland right now with the Lakers being on this rut of basketball that they're playing, uh, losing a, I called it an annoying loss, uh, you know, to when they played the Charlotte Hornets and lost despite having a 73-point first half. I would yeah, say Luke Walton definitely got reminded of what it's like to be have 73 of something and then blow that lead. <laughs> Did you tweet that? Tell me you tweeted that. Oh, yeah, it's something similar. Yeah. Had a kid. Uh, so let's go with. Oh, before we get to the actual show, and it's going to be another one of those free flowing conversations for for Harrison and I. So we'll see where the conversation takes us. But before we get to that, make sure you're following the show on Audio Boom, iTunes, Silver Screen and Roll, TuneIn, Stitcher, and today's Fast Break. Make sure you're using the promo code LO Lakers on SeatGeek and Mac Weldon. And make sure you're using the promo code Lakers10 on BetDSI.com. Uh, you guys know the deal with all of those promo codes. If you are new to the show, this is a this is a daily thing. Harrison and I just talk, and if there's nothing going on, Harrison Harrison and I just kind of shoot the crap for a bit. And then if there's something actually going on, which there kind of sorta is, we got news on on Larry Nance Jr. Uh, we'll touch on that, and again, just shoot the crap. So, and I'm and I'm 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 keeping myself from saying the s word because you, we, you guys have virgin ears out there. So yeah, we had no need to get that explicit rating for no reason. Yeah, yeah. If if we're gonna get it, we're gonna earn it. Kind of like Boogie Cousin or Boogie Cousins earning a fine. You know. Yeah, we're the Demar- we're not we're not ready to be the Demarcus Cousins of podcasts, but we might get there if there's a little <laughs> bit more losing. Like that type of bad situation could be totally at fault for our horrible behavior. Yeah, yeah, no, that's uh, that's absolutely where we're that's the end. That's game. called accountability. Yeah, that's what we're, well that the end game is that you know one day we can be called the Demarcus Cousins of podcasts. That's the hope. <laughs> this is off to a really strong start. <laughs> So, all right, so the actual news that I alluded to earlier was Larry Nance Jr., he goes down and has to be actually carried off the court, right? And it was off of a non-contact yeah. play, 
and it was uh, it was it did not look good. The Lakers ran an MRI today, and apparently there is still swelling in in the knee, which is to be expected. They said as of now they're calling it a, a bone bruise in that knee, and they're uh, declaring him out indefinitely. And he's he will be in- reevaluated on Sunday by the team physician in Los Angeles. So they they have all these things. Uh, at their disposal in terms of information. It was kind of odd that they ran an MRI as quickly as they did, knowing that swelling might act, might still be an issue. But when you're the Lakers and you have basically endless funds, you can run MRIs basically at will because, uh, again, you're the Lakers. So it looks like the Lakers are going to be without Larry Nance Jr. for, I would say, at least a week or two, right? I would I – would, I, would, I, would, I, I feel like that would be a fair – minimum estimate for now yeah and which is really a bummer because you know he kind of and and look before fans jump off you know the ledge and start calling him you know injury prone and this and that and the other they tend to be kind of weird freak injuries like this one he just kind of stepped wrong and his knee kind of buckled in on you know into itself it was it was again it was a non-contact play um but you know the the trend is that that fans love to point out is every time he starts playing really well, some weird injury pops up. He's young and he's in the NBA, and he had a knee thing coming into his time in the NBA. Uh, but with the way he plays and with how hard he plays, that's this might be something that uh, is is going to stick out. But that's not that's not to say that you want Larry Nance Jr. to not play as hard as he does because he wouldn't be as good a player uh, without doing that. Yeah, I th- it's all about finding the balance, right? With these energy guys, they're always going to and and that's I don't mean that as a derogatory. Nance is a lot is has the potential to be a lot better than most guys that we call energy guys, but he does play with a lot of energy and hustle and a lot of his game is predicated on that like you said. And it, it's not like you can tell him, "You know what? Just just only hustle on the plays where you know it's going to benefit us like you you just you can't do that and so he's when but and when you're going out all out all the time like that he's going to be putting himself at risk for injuries like this yeah and and you know the bummer for me in the timing of this injury is how you know he was starting to come along i liked his offensive game of late where he started he started hesitating less on shots now there is one or two times every game, or there was one or two times every game, you know, even while he started playing a little bit better, that he catches the ball and you just want to, you know, you're screaming at your TV, just shoot the ball, <laughs> you know, you're wide open, you got to take that shot. Uh, but but he has been shooting the ball better lately, and uh, to add that to, you know, making, it's Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez is now his son. Yeah, the uh, Brook Lopez is the new. I think it. What what do we call him? Larry Nance Jr. the second. I think it's Larry Nance the third. Okay, so Brook Lopez is now Larry Nance the third because Larry Nance Jr. is his father. Yep. Yeah, I think. Which that's... actually kind of f- fun story about Larry Nance Jr. He he's not a big fan of the Jr. moniker when oh. when it, when it's I guess when it's used in articles over and over again. You know, he he wants that first Larry Nance Jr. on first reference, and then let, he thinks that people should be able to tell that it's him and not his father that the article is talking about, which uh, is something I was talking with him about like a couple weeks ago. And so I, you know, shout out to Larry Nance Jr. for teaching me AP style. 
Well, I'm I'm really happy though. I mean, it it, it does get kind of awkward to write Junior in in the things, and it's kind of uh, it, grammatically I, I it's really awkward. I checked the guide. It's actually not necessary. I, I learned that this year before I talked to Larry actually, but I was doing it all last year as a mistake. Oh well, the more you know. And yep. this has been Grammar with the Locked On Lakers podcast. AP, AP locked on AP style. <laughs> So, uh, all right, so how do the Lakers handle Larry Nance Jr.'s, or, well, now Larry Nance's uh, injury? Well, Gary Kester, sitting in your seat, uh, uh, metaphorically, I guess, actually, he didn't he, actually go to the house, he, I don't think. He'd have been sitting in your seat. Yeah. Okay, fine. But mm-hmm. last night we discussed, we discussed this on yesterday's show a little bit. The conclusion that we kind of came to was that probably Thomas Robinson will play a little more, but that it'll a lot of – Filling in for Nance will be done by committee. I was actually saying I'd like to see Dang get some more minutes at the four because if Nance Jr. is going to be out anyway, that's kind of an excuse to get Nance some more minutes there or get Dang, Dang some more minutes mm-hmm. there. And you do, you know you don't want to be benching Larry Nance Jr. or playing him less because you want to get Dang more minutes at the four. But if he's going to be out anyway and that's a position that Dang can play effectively, then I think that you give him some minutes there. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree, and I would. It's too bad Ingram isn't quite there physically, but I would like to see because he does a lot of the things on the perimeter that Larry Nance Jr. was was starting to develop in his defensive game. Where I I liked how Nance has been handling the uh, pick and rolls on the perimeter. I like how he's handling the switching and and talking on defense and these things that you can do from the four spot. The problem is that as soon as Ingram has to spend any time against an NBA you know, another power forward, that strategy goes out the window and you're probably not, you're probably not in a very good situation there. Uh, Yeah, I think Ingram, if another team, Gary and I talked about that as well, but I I think Ingram, as long as the other team's playing small, I think Mm -hmm. you can get away with it. The, The big thing though, that I want people to recognize here, because apparently on Silver Screen and Roll, people are already talking about, you know, how the Lakers should have traded. Larry Nance Jr. That was one commenter, and yeah, he he got to that quick. That was that was that was Harrison's hot takes worthy. You can check my Twitter account for the actual screen grab. But he basically said that this injury is why the Lakers should have sold high on Larry Nance Jr. while he had value. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you 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 go ahead and that's, stick with that uh, commenter. But yeah, that's a take. What I what I want what I was going to to point out here though is is how potentially special Nance can be given how we're trying to figure out ways to be able to find a player who can do all the things that he can do. And Nance is now in his what second year. Yes. He's a sophomore. <laughs> so that's pretty impressive that in, in a player second year, now he is an older sophomore. He, he spent, what was it? Three or four years there in college. Uh, so, you know, that's a, that's a caveat that needs to be pointed out as well. But if you're in your second year and you have uh, people trying to figure out ways to uh, somehow make up for your 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 loss due to injury, you're doing things right uh, in the NBA. And he has been so far, and, and here's hoping that he can get back as soon as possible. And then here's the other thing. Apparently people liked uh, my wife, Jen, being on, or Dr. Jennifer Irwin, on, on the, on the uh, podcast before. So as soon as we find out more about what exactly is going on in Larry Nance Jr.'s knee. Uh, maybe we'll talk to her and bring her on. She also uh, did a bunch of research on the PRP uh, 
treatment that D'Angelo Russell went through, and she said she'd like to come back on and talk about that. So uh, maybe maybe at some point we'll have a we'll, we'll have a, a woman's voice on here, which is kind of nice to hear sometimes. Harrison and my voice get men's voices just aren't ni- as nice as women's. Anyway. Anyway, illustrating Larry Dance Jr.'s <laughs> effectiveness, I think getting away from Anthony talking about how much he enjoys his wife's voice, we're getting into uncomfortable territory here. I think get get Nance has been really good, not just kind of throughout games, but I, I thought that an interesting stat that kind of popped up when Gary and I were talking last night was that the Lakers are 11 points per 100 possessions better than their opponents when Nance is on the floor in fourth quarters. And that's the highest rate on the team. And that's not really the guy that you'd expect to be the highest rate on the team. And that's not just from him playing in the bet, just with that crazy all bench unit anymore. That's, you know, that that's been borne out now with him being staggered with other units. And, and the Lakers are just better when Nance is on the floor. Yeah, that's uh, and, and again, it's just he can do so many different things. He's he's obviously an incredible leaper, as as uh, Brooke Lopez found out the hard way. He uh, is very good laterally. He's a smart guy. He's a really vocal guy, which we noticed out there in Vegas, and, and a lot of people out there in Vegas at the Summer League were really uh, you know, raving about was his leadership both on and off the court. And, uh, yeah, it's tough to make up for all of those things uh, <laughs> with any one guy. So, so the Lakers really need Nance back as, as soon as possible. Definitely. Uh this kind of leads into the next point, though, and you know we talked about all the things that Larry Nance Jr. brings to the brings to a team and to the table as a player, and yet at no point in his career has anybody really alluded to him or talked about him as you know the the potential next guy you know with the Lakers, right? And all right, I got a hot take. Larry Nance Jr. <laughs> is the next is really the best player among the Lakers young co- oh no wait I can't I can't steal other people's hot takes that's my bad <laughs> uh, so what the, the what I was go what I was getting at was how the Lakers again and, and I've made this point a few times now on the podcast but the Lakers have have really stayed as far away as they can from you know pushing one player out there to the forefront as the face of this rebuild as the face of this next generation the lakers have you know if if randall has played well luke has talked about randall being a vocal leader if if d'angelo russell plays well especially when he came he came back from injury you saw what he brings as a as a potential you know the you know main guy and and jordan clarkson over the extent of his career with the lakers for the vast majority of it has been one of, if not the most consistent Lakers of the last few years, which is crazy to think, seeing as he's only been in the Laker, he's only been in the league for those few years. And Luke Walton spoke, you know, just was it today? Uh, uh, it was yesterday on the radio. So he he spoke about you know the the uh, style of rebuild that the Lakers are going in. And he said basically that the Lakers won't know who the face of the franchise is, you know, for quite some time and that's you want the do you want the verbatim quote yeah let's go ahead and go with the actual quote so this is via serena winters who is transcribing from espn 710 and luke said on the radio i don't see any of our young core taking over his face of the franchise anytime soon yeah and and that's perfectly fine 
and that's... So you don't you don't think that this means that he hates every single young player on the Lakers? If it was the last coach, I would have said yes. <laughs> if it was the last, because I think he did. It would have say... come off as a dig for sure. Yeah, but with with Luke, and again, and this is I, there's a confirmation bias at play with with me because this has been a theory that I've kind of. Uh, saddled up to and and kind of taken as as uh, as my own but the Lakers are just coming off of an era with Kobe in which he was the guy he was the unquestioned superstar on the roster and for everything that Kobe did and he did plenty he's my favorite Laker of all time uh, at the end of his career because he was the guy for so long, he could kind of hold the Lakers hostage and say, hey, you guys are going to want to pay me because you don't want me to walk. You don't want to take that hit as a brand. And with the Lakers right now, and, and I would imagine at some point they want to find a guy, but if you if they could find multiple guys like that, that means no single entity can hold them hostage the way Kobe did over the last couple of years. And I'm sure this is going to be hugely popular where I come on a Lakers podcast and I, you know, dig at Kobe the way that that's going to come off. But but that's really at play here. And also, and I think this is the larger priority, it takes pressure off of any one guy in this in this rebuild because at the- I think that's the bigger thing almost. I definitely don't think that Luke is trying to avoid any of these guys holding the franchise hostage. No, no, no of course not. And it's it's all about it's all about uh, it's all about you know easing these guys into playing for the Lakers, which is a completely different brand than basically almost anywhere else in sports. Right? You have the Cowboys, you have the Yankees, you have the Lakers, and that's about it. At at the at the top of every single you know at all these professional uh, franchises. Yeah, I mean even Randall and Ingram, who played for really strong college programs. Like the the even Ingram was talking about last week that playing for Duke and playing for the Lakers isn't really even close to the same thing. They both have great fans, but he talked about how you know no matter where the Lakers go, there's a huge contingent in the building, and, and that's almost it's it's worldwide. It's yeah. not it's not you know like on I would I'm sure on the East Coast, especially in the Southeast, you kind of go to any basketball gym and okay, there's Duke, you know. Um, you see it somewhere, you know, sometimes it's kind of scattered across the country from there, but with the Lakers, it's everywhere. And that brings, yeah. it brings a whole bunch of pressure for whoever happens to be playing for the Lakers, let alone somebody who's playing for the Lakers as the guy or as the perceived guy. And I think that's a huge reason why the Lakers are, are hesitant to force it on anybody because that's something that could ruin a player if it isn't if if it uh if it's forced upon that guy, you know, too quickly. Yeah, and the Lakers I, I wrote a little bit about this today, but the thing is is they have a bunch of younger guys with different talents. Mm-hmm. Russell's the point guard. Clarkson is looking like he's either going to be the shooting guard in the future if his shot continues to improve as it has been the last couple of weeks, or he's going to end up being their sixth man. 
Randall is the team's secondary playmaker among the starters. Ingram can defend is growing into like a really solid two-way option and Nance Jr. just kind of does all the little things. There aren't a lot of people trying to do the, there's not a bunch of guys battling to do the same thing. It's mm-hmm. a it's a roster that fits well together and so they don't necessarily need any one of those guys to step forward and fight off the other ones to be the man. They can all succeed in different areas. And and lastly, and this is the last point I, I, I have to make on this, but you look across the NBA, there's only one guy really that comes to mind who can just by himself lift up a franchise. And you're talking, of course, of Robert Sacre. Absolutely. He is incredible. But <laughs> LeBron is the only guy who, as soon as he shows up to a franchise, that, that franchise, that team becomes a playoff caliber team, right? Uh, Durant lifted the the Warriors when he got there to this behemoth, this juggernaut that they are right now. But I don't know if Durant, surrounded by a bunch of nobodies, gets you into the playoffs the way LeBron, I think, could, especially out there in the Eastern, Eastern Conference. So if you're saying, okay, well, you take you, me, and any two random ones of our podcast guests, and you put us on a team with Durant or LeBron, you're thinking that Durant couldn't get us to the playoffs, but LeBron could. Yeah. Yeah. All right, that's a strong take. I'm not even sure LeBron would be enough to lift us to the playoffs, but <laughs> he would do he would do, he'd get closer than Durant does. I would be very excited to watch that season, that's for sure. No, I understand what you're trying to say. I, I think I, I think you're right in some ways. I think LeBron maybe I think Durant's a little better than you do, but <laughs> I, I think LeBron is one of those guys that if you put him on a roster with four other NBA players, that team is going to be in the playoffs. Yeah, and and honestly, I answered yes because I was temporarily not listening to you. I don't actually think LeBron could get me to the playoffs. <laughs> to the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what I was saying, or the point I was making there with, with LeBron is, unless you're LeBron, that's an insane amount of pressure to put on any one guy. And that's what my concern is with, with Chris Porzingis out there in New York is as soon as Carmelo Anthony is gone, they need to, to start assembling young talent around Chris Porzingis to get ready for that next, you know, this next generation of Knicks basketball. Because Don't worry, man. Phil Jackson has a great history of drafting super well mm-hmm. and of signing guys to really good deals in free agency, such as Joe Kim Noah. Yeah. So, you know, if, if you're a Knicks fan, and, and I, for some reason, Knicks fans and I don't get along very well, but if you're a Knicks fan, that's the concern here. And, you know, for the Lakers, they don't have such a concern because they've gone about this rebuild the way they have. And... I don't think they're going to keep their pick this year. This, you know, Nance would have to miss significant amounts of time. D'Angelo Russell would have to miss significant amounts of time. Even so, then, I I don't know that they could end up with the worst record. And even if they do, they still aren't guaranteed to keep their pick. Yeah, yeah. I, again, I, it would be it would be. I would not wager on the Lakers keeping their pick. I, I you know, I would not spend the 10 free dollars you can get from betdsi.com by using the promo code Lakers 10 on the Lakers keeping their pick. Yeah. So just as a reminder for everyone that kind of uh, maybe forgot about tanking odds and all that stuff, since we've been away from that for a while, if you have the worst record, you have a the Lakers would have a 60.3% chance to keep their pick 60.2. If it's the second worst record and 46.8, if it's the third worst record. 
So you're hoping for a coin flip, and uh, the Lakers have gotten really lucky recently, and uh, there is no such thing as, as luck, I guess, when it comes to these odds. But at some point, that luck might run out, and and uh, that would not be great. So, Yeah, this is not Team Tank anymore. No. So, again, long-winded way of saying this. I completely agree with Luke in saying that you know it doesn't make any sense to force the added pressure on being the guy for the Lakers uh, on any of these guys. One, because they don't have to, and two, because there's no way any of these guys are ready. So that combination, <clears throat> that combination of, of factors there uh, puts Luke again. And this is the thing with Luke is that he handles the off-court stuff way better than the last guy did. He handles the off-court stuff about as well as anybody I've really seen in that position. And so it's good to hear Luke, you know, continue to to be the face of the Lakers right now, uh, the pseudo-face that the coaches have to be and handle that as well as he has. Yeah, it's been pretty impressive. Uh, what also was impressive last night was or in their last game by the time everybody's listened to this it'd be a couple days ago but jordan clarkson's shot has started to come around and he said recently that he has been working what did you say every night in the gym to try to said every night in the gym and it resulted last night in him hitting a career high seven threes so he went seven of nine from the field for or seven of nine from three last night ended up scoring 25 points at a 69.2 percent clip nice Oh, well, nice point, too. <laughs> nice point, too. So I've noticed this weird thing on, on Lakers Twitter that the, the the Jordan Clarkson hate has been, I would say, it, it, what stands out to me is that it does stand out, right? The Lakers. You, the, the, yeah, these people, they just need to count the first team all rookies. Yep. So with. That should be a thing <laughs> that that needs to go. <laughs> um, so with with Clarkson though, what I've what I've noticed, and the entire Lakers roster was bad over or has been bad for the most part over the last ten, eleven games or so, right? Yeah, they're they're ten, they're they're one and ten over their last eleven games after starting ten and ten. And it was odd. It was odd to see the you know the the number of people who were singling out Jordan Clarkson over that stretch you know and and again it, yeah it's been even before that even when they were winning there were complaints about Clarkson and e- even last year I would say so where do you stand on it because I'm I'm probably stronger than you we'll go ahead and lead with where you stand on Jordan Clarkson I I I think he's a good player it's not a hot take I, I don't th- I don't have a hot take on Jordan Clarkson I don't think that he's as bad of I don't think that he's as much of a black hole as some people call, like to talk about him as I think that he definitely struggles sometimes with playmaking I think Luke has talked about that he'd like Clarkson to get back to playmaking a little bit more but as I spoke with Pete Zayas the other night of Laker film room you know some of that is just Clarkson is being put in a different role than he was during that rookie year when he was more of a playmaker he's being asked a lot more now to attack as kind of the secondary option against the scrambled defense and sure there are times where he misses guys and he could pass more but a lot of the time he's just being asked to go out and play with a score first mentality and that's the thing the thing that sticks out to me of uh you know with Jordan Clarkson's tenure is how many different roles he's had to play 
you know, when he first started with the Lakers, he was a bench warmer, right? Over, <laughs> he couldn't get Human on the court. Human victory cigar. Yeah, he he was he was a guy who you would see out there in garbage time, and you'd say like, "Hey, why aren't we playing this guy more?" And it turns out we weren't, you know, the Lakers weren't playing that guy more because the previous coach was a complete moron who. Well, Ronnie Price was clearly the savior that needed to get minutes. Like (laughs) the Lakers were just Ronnie Price's health away from the playoffs that year, I think. So they have, uh, they have, you know, you had that initial calling for Jordan Clarkson being, like you said, the the human victory cigar, and then you know he started finally getting minutes because the previous coach finally woke up. And in getting those minutes, he was told, all right, well, uh, go out there and, and just do your thing, you know. And, and he, he seemed to play, you know, very freewheeling. He was, you know, he was always in, in fifth gear. It wasn't, you know, and, and I think he caught the league by surprise with how hard he was playing, just like the Lakers did at the beginning of this year as a whole. Yeah. And uh, and then so from there, as the year went on, he was given more and more responsibility there comes into a second year now. And when he's when he comes into a second year in that first year, he was a point guard. Right. And then in, in the second year, the Lakers draft D'Angelo Russell. And now he's told, OK, now you're a, you're an off guard and you'll you'll control the ball every so often. And you'll do so in an antiquated offense that relies heavily on isolation ball with one of the least efficient players in the history of the uh, National Basketball Association. So now you're on, what What am I on, three different roles so far for Jordan Clarkson? Yep. And now he enters his third year, and he probably entered his third year thinking, okay, yeah, I'll probably, I'll probably start alongside D'Angelo Russell. I'll have probably more space because Russell's going to be a better shooter. We're going to be playing in a, in a, in a, in a more open Offense. Egalitarian offense. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, I'll figure this out. I know what, I know kind of what to expect uh, heading into the season. Oh wait, no, I don't. I'm gonna start off of the bench. I'm going to be this this super sub who's told to come in and play alongside Lou Williams as a again pseudo lead guard, but not really lead guard. I'm I, a, I don't a very what... similar role on it, or in some ways to what how he played last year. At least in terms of like when he's going to be touching the ball, it's going to be to create for himself. And I would imagine last year was probably kind of frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you, you go into – so we're now on four different roles for Jordan Clarkson. And the one he's playing right now is probably the most frustrating of those four three roles not including the coming off of the you know to be fair he was having pretty he was having quite a bit of success to start the year yeah but what i'm saying though is that like i I, it's hard for me to you know if we're going if we're going to look across the roster and if like d'angelo russell goes through time where he's struggling the immediate response is well yeah he's in his second year and he's trying to figure out how to lead a team and be a as good a scorer as he can possibly be as well if you were to look at Larry Nance Jr., uh, you know, when he when he's struggling with his shot or whatever he might be struggling with, Julius Randle, same thing. But for some reason, that same that same reasoning isn't extended to Jordan Clarkson. And I think it's honestly, I think it's honestly because we're bored with Jordan Clarkson at this point. He's been on the team for so long, and he, you know, he's been around for longer than I think he's is he the longest tenured Laker at this point? Maybe other than Clark. That Clark-Lack? is a good question. I think. I think, yeah, no, Nick Young. 
Okay, good call. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, other than other than Nick Young, and he's probably tied with Tarek Black if he hasn't been on the roster just for slightly longer than Tarek Black. Yeah, he's been on the roster for longer than Black. <clears throat> uh, you, you're looking at the the second longest tenured Laker, and he probably for many people represents the 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 much of the struggle being over the time of his you know time with the Lakers. He's been the Lakers' best player, most consistent player, I would say. And so I think a lot of people look at Clarkson and say, all right, yeah, let's see what's next. And I, I don't understand where that's happening or why that's happening, given in, given everything that he shows when he has a game like he did two days ago by the time everybody's listening to this. And he he I, also shows how willing he is to work. I, I don't know where people are coming with when they're, when they're talking about trading him for Nerlens Noel who has been, by several reports, an actual team cancer out there in Philadelphia. Yeah, I think some of it is that it's like we know what to expect from Jordan Clarkson at this point. I think you touched on this a little bit, but I I think when you said that people were bored with him, and I I think we know what he's going to be, pretty much, even at his best. Like, his best-case scenario is, like, okay starter or kind of super sub. And he's mostly going to be a scorer who scores on drives for himself, himself might be able to play make a little bit, might eventually be able to play a little bit of defense. But it's not necessarily inherently exciting or thrilling style of play to watch most of the time, too. And I think there's a lot more unknown with the rest of the Lakers young core. Yeah. And I don't know. One theory that's out there that's almost becoming a, a law in regards to sports is people want to be GMs more than they want to be fans, especially the people who you who you who tweet a bunch about teams, right? They they they've taken that step over from being just an actual fan who, you know, tunes into the Lakers while they're on and talks, you know, around the water cooler while, you know, about the Lakers, whatever it might be, if people still talk around water coolers nowadays. Um they there's this there's a you know we've we've shifted with fantasy basketball and fantasy football fantasy sports we've shifted over from being just straight fans to being gms or being pseudo coaches or or hyper analyzing the game and for me i enjoy watching jordan clarkson play when he's playing well and uh, i i think for a lot of people who are trying to handle that role of being a fan and trying to juggle that with also trying to analyze the team is it's really easy to forget you know, hey, sometimes just tune into somebody being good, you know, being fun to watch while they're playing well. And I don't even know that that's necessarily a bad thing. I think that in general, fans now are more informed than oh, they've ever been. Our, our, and, show, and that, our, show is, is, our show is as successful as it is because <laughs> we've made that step as well, right? Like, we, yeah, we, I mean, we that, give voice to that. That's what I was going to say. That's yeah. the elephant in the room here is that that was us. We were the guys on Twitter being trying to be GMs and, like, letting people know about our commentary and a few people cared. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I definitely don't want to come off like I'm criticizing that mindset. Everybody should watch basketball how they want to watch basketball. But I just do think that that's part of – why people aren't that satisfied with Clarkson anymore. Yeah, people want people are much more interested in the transaction than the actual action. And uh we've we've watched the actual action with Jordan Clarkson for for long enough now that I honestly think frankly people are are bored of him. And it's really too bad I, because I would... because I I you've you've spoken to him. He's been on our show. He's a good kid. He works really hard and I would imagine, you know, if there's anything that 
the Lakers are really asking him to to step up and learn. If Luke says, "Hey, I need you to, you know, focus more on on being a creator, a distributor. I need you to focus on defense. I need you to focus on this, that, and the other." Instead of saying, you know, God, I'm in over my head, he's just going to say, all right, what's first? What do I got to work on first? And you need more guys on that, like that on your team than you need finished products that you, you know, you can kind of pigeonhole into a role. Yeah, and I, I think that he's kind of done all of the stuff that they've asked of him. His defense has tailed off a little bit, but to start the year, he was really good. He was pretty solid on that end after that was what he was told to work on over the summer. And then, you know, he he knows that his shooting's an issue. He says he's been in the gym every night working on his shot. Luke Walton has talked with him about playmaking more, and I haven't seen a noticeable increase in his playmaking then, but from every indication I've gotten, either from talking to, to him or talking to other people or the stuff that you read, He's just, he is a good kid, and he's someone that wants to listen to the coaching staff and does what he's told. Yeah, and the last thing I have to say about Clarkson. So there was frustration when he when he was in his slump, and and it's tough to say after one good game that he's now out of his slump. Uh, but during the time where people have been the most frustrated with him, the the top criticism, the number one criticism was like you said earlier, he's a black hole. And to that, I would say, look, when, when somebody is struggling, they're going to go back to the thing that they can do most often that they feel like they're going to have the most success with, right? If, if, uh, I'm having a, if I'm having a bad day golfing, I'm going to take out my 7-iron because I think that's the club that I'm, I'm the most comfortable with. Now, that isn't saying much. I suck at golf. But for, for, for Clarkson, for Clarkson, I would say, you know, he probably feels like, all right, I'm probably at my best. I probably can get the best look for myself if I just put my head down, try to turn the corner with my right hand and try to get to the basket. And I would say that's where the black hole reputation comes from. You know, it, it, it's he's I, I don't blame a young NBA player for trying to fight their way out of a out of a slump. And not necessarily trusting the system around him when A, he's new to the system, and B, the system that he's been involved with over the last couple of years has been antiquated, as antiquated as the system has been over the last two years. Right? So I, I again I felt, you know, when I when I saw the criticism of him from all kinds of people, and, and I'm not out here on a high horse saying this stuff. I'm just as capable if not more capable of being completely wrong on this subject as anybody but when you know when people are criticizing Clarkson for why aren't you doing this why aren't you doing this why aren't you doing this why aren't you making this play this play was right there how did you not see that play I, it's hard for me to microanalyze a kid and I think he's only 23 years old at this point yeah, well, that that's the elephant in the room here as well, is that he is a little bit older than the rest of the Lakers' young core. I, I think he's 24. But even even if he's he, he's only younger because the rest of the Lakers' young core is as young as it is. Yeah, but there's like a certain point where you kind of like, like you kind of have an idea of what a guy is. And the other guy, a lot of the other guys haven't really reached that point. Oh, yet. of course not. But I, I don't think he has different. either. Excuse my dog back barking in the background. I'm not sure if anybody could hear that, but he's almost he's 24 and 198 days old. He's, but but I, I would you say that Clarkson has reached the point where you're starting to know what he is? Because I don't think he has. He's played yeah, too many different roles. I I think 
he's I think we have it's like I said before we have an idea of kind of what he is where there's a little bit more unknown about the other guy's ceilings yeah but even I, I would just say I we there's like a template there with Clarkson that you know about what type of player he is we don't know what heights he could ultimately reach but we know kind of what his role is going to be and that's fair. I just think the the statement there is highly relative, whereas I don't think it's an actual concrete, we know where this is heading. We just, I, I think it's more, we know where this is heading more than we know that with the other guys. And those are two different statements. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think with, with Clarkson, I, I just say pump the brakes. And, and I'm, I'm highly sarcastic on Twitter. So when Clarkson shoots as well as he did yesterday, I, I kept on sending stuff out like, all right, yeah, let's trade this guy now and stuff like that. But uh, I, I just think we need to pump the brakes with this entire team. It's the, the season is going to go with his ups and downs, both individually with players and as a whole with the team. And there's no reason to jump to wild conclusions about either entity as those ups and downs go either way. When the Lakers were playing well, I don't think we should have been talking about the playoffs. When the Lakers lost eight in a row, I don't think we should have said, you know, the world was ending. It's somewhere in the middle. It's just a matter of trying to find that middle ground consistently as the season goes along. Yeah, I I, I think you hit the nail on the head there. I wish I had more interesting, like, of a comeback to give, but I, I think you have the right perspective. Well, it happens sometimes. My, I actually the the clock above me is broken, so it and I are on the right. <laughs> we're giving the we're giving the right thing. It's kind of apt right now. It's stuck at five eighteen. I'm not even kidding. Yeah, I guess even you know even broken clocks are right sometimes. Exactly. All right. So uh, I hope everybody enjoyed this conversation. Again, this is gonna you know this is something that happens sometimes when Harrison and I just said we we kind of throw our hands up in the air and we say let's just have a conversation, see where it takes us. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it as much as I, I enjoyed the conversation. It was a fun one. Um, as the as you know, more news comes out on Larry Nance Jr., we will keep everybody as, as up-to-date as we can about that. Make sure you're following at HM Fagan for, for updates there. You can follow me at Anthony Irwin LA. Follow the show on at Locked on Lakers uh, for updates about the show. If you want to uh, sponsor, help you, if you want to help sponsor the show, make sure you send an email to LakersLockedOn at gmail.com. We've I, I've gotten a couple uh, emails uh, on that account um, talking about that, so thank you for for those who have reached out on that front. Uh, make sure you're using the promo code LO Lakers on Bet or on, on SeatGeek and Mac Weldon. Make sure you're using the the promo code Lakers10 on BetDSA.com. Finally, make sure you're following the show on Audio Boom, iTunes, Silver Screen and Roll, TuneIn, Stitcher, and today's Fast Break. We have a fun guest coming up tomorrow that we, we should be interviewing with in the morning, so that'll be fun. Uh, you'll, you'll recognize his voice as soon as he starts talking. Uh, and we we'll, think- we'll also have, in addition on that podcast, we'll have some post-game reaction for you from the Lakers game on Thursday. And potentially with a new game uh, regarding that game. So so that'll be, that'll be fun. That'll be... Uh, Fun time still to come with with the Lakers. Uh, Fun time behind us. There are plenty of good shows back there, and and I told you about where to find those. Thanks, Harrison, for er, for, for talking with us today, and then thanks, everybody, for tuning in. All right. Thanks, Anthony. Shouts to the Sedale 3. (laughs) 